0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The evening had run absolutely off the rails. It had started so well, the camaraderie of being with his friends, the warmth of their fellowship, the joy of being with their master and hearing all that he had to say. It was all wonderful. A perfect celebration of the Passover. One of those moments that just kind of freeze in your memory and make you happy just to think about them. But then it all started to slip when Jesus made that comment about one of them betraying him. That sent a ripple through the group. Men looked with suspicion on one another, wondering who of them would possibly do such a thing. Oh, and then there was the repeated argument about who was the greatest. So petty, so selfish, so stupid. As usual, though, Jesus turned it into a teachable moment. The astonishing things that the man said. The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. He encouraged them to do everything upside down. Let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. For St. Peter, it got really awkward when Jesus leaned over with a troubled look on his face and said that Satan had demanded him, but Jesus had prayed for him. Peter, of course, was aghast. Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death, he claimed, but Jesus knew better. He said that Peter would three times deny that he even knew Jesus all before the rooster crowed the next morning. And if that weren't enough to completely wreck the evening, when they went to the Mount of Olives for Jesus to pray, the disciples managed to fall asleep while they were waiting. They couldn't help it. They knew what was coming, but they were just worn out after everything that had gone on. They were still trying to process all that Jesus had told them would happen in the next few hours. But then it got worse. There were soldiers. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, had led them in, revealing himself to be exactly who Jesus said he was. And the chaos was followed by the unbelievable. The servant of the high priest got his ear cut off in a melee. But Jesus shut it down and he healed the man's ear. Yet it still didn't matter. They continued in his arrest and they dragged him to the home of the high priest. Peter, of course, followed. He he had to see what was going to happen. He had to do something, so he thought, even if it was just following along to see for himself. As he stood in the courtyard, Peter could see Jesus with the council inside. It didn't sound like it was going well at all. There were men tearing their robes and beating their breasts, and Jesus was barely even talking. He just kind of stood there and took it. Peter had moved close to the fire to warm himself, but he wasn't really paying attention to what was going on around him. His attention was laser-focused on what was happening inside the house. He didn't notice the girl sitting next to him, studying his face intently until she blurted out, "'Wait, this man also was with him.'" Peter jumped. He turned to her, and for the first time, he took stock of where he was. He looked around at the crowd gathered in the courtyard and realized that these folks weren't all that friendly to his group of friends. He hoped to shut her down without drawing further attention to himself. He looked at her and quietly said, Oh, no, ma'am. I don't know him. That seemed to satisfy her. So he returned to watching the events unfold inside. There was still more arguing. Raised voices and accusations were being shouted across the room. Peter shivered. He wasn't sure whether it was from the cold or from the sense of foreboding. The pesky woman had moved on, but a young man had taken her spot, and he now was looking at Peter, saying, You are one of them, too. Peter was a little irritated. He needed these people to quit interrupting his concentration. He was trying to hear what was happening to Jesus. Man, I am not, he said. The young man seemed to take that at face value and walked away, although Peter noticed him a little later whispering with a group of men off in the corner of the courtyard. Still, his eyes were riveted on Jesus and on the proceedings inside the house. Time passed. It was late at night or maybe even early in the next morning. Peter had lost track of time. He couldn't tell exactly what was happening, but none of it seemed good. There was a lot of yelling, and the high priest had been carrying on for a while and was obviously agitated, and that, that's when it happened. From across the courtyard, the voice rang out. As soon as the man began speaking, Peter knew it was about him. He was standing and pointing at Peter. I'm telling you, this guy was with him. I heard him talking earlier, and he is definitely from Galilee. His accent gives him away. All eyes were turned to Peter. He wasn't sure how to react. He wasn't sure what to say. What if they realized that he really was with Jesus? Wouldn't they arrest him too? Would he have to be beaten and suffer? and be crucified alongside his Lord, he didn't know, and he didn't want to find out. He figured if he responded aggressively, maybe they would stop saying it. Man, I tell you, I do not know what you are talking about. He spit each word out in turn, hoping that the crowd would back down. The courtyard grew quiet, and it was then that Peter heard the rooster crowing in the distance. Peter glared at his accuser for a moment and then turned back to see what was now happening inside. But it was like Jesus knew what was happening outside, even though he was up to his neck with the council in the house. Slowly, he turned, and from the window or the open door, he made eye contact with Peter. His eyes were piercing and accusing. Peter remembered what he had said about denying him three times before the rooster crowed. Tears welled up in Peter's eyes and he pushed through the crowd. He had to get out of that place. He couldn't face Jesus after what he had just done. He was so embarrassed, so lost. What did this mean? Friends, how often have you done this very same thing? How often have you failed to acknowledge your faith in public because you were scared of how people might react? How often have you joined the crowd in mocking another believer because you didn't want to be seen as different? You have denied the one who died for your sins without even realizing you've done it. But when you see it, the guilt can be overwhelming. It may be hard to even step into the church, knowing what a hypocrite you have been. Can a wretch like me even be saved? The answer, dear brothers and sisters, is simple. Yes. After his resurrection, Jesus confronted Peter and his denial. He did it in the form of a question, and he asked three times, Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter responded affirmatively every time. Then you've got work to do, Jesus continued. Tend my flock. Feed my sheep. Build them up. See, Jesus had already dealt with Peter's denial on the cross. He took it with him to Calvary, along with all of the other sins Peter committed and that you and I have ever committed. All these sins, along with the sins of the whole world, so I ask you, do you love him? You've got work to do. Share the good news of his forgiveness. Tell other people. Don't shrink from claiming your Lord and your Savior in public. He has called you to return from your denial because he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and because he relents over disaster. He does not visit the punishment of your sin upon you for he has borne it in your stead and because of his suffering because of his death your salvation is done and you dear friends are forgiven children of god because just as he said it is finished in jesus name amen may the peace of god which far surpasses all understanding Guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.